welcome to this podcast produced by Imagine, your resource for early childhood music therapy. Imagine is produced by Della Vista Publisher and can be found on the web at www.imagine.musictherapy.biz. This podcast is entitled 10 Essential Skills for Working in Early Childhood Settings and presented by Matthew Logan. Matthew is a pediatric music therapist working at the Children's Hospital and Research Center in Oakland, California. He is the owner of the website aperfectlullaby.com and musictherapysource.com. In this experiential audio podcast, the author shares musical and clinical skills essential for interns and new professionals when working with young children with disabilities in various settings. Greetings, listener. My name is Matthew Logan. I work in a children's hospital in Oakland, California, as a board-certified music therapist. I'm going to talk about 10 different skills for preparing to work in early childhood. And I'm going to start with music skills. I've got four music skills and then six clinical skills, and hopefully we can get to all of those in about 10 minutes. So let's start with the music skills. And the first one is acapella singing, singing without any accompaniment. And uh, I know we spend all this time learning to play guitar in our training, and we practice guitar, and that's great, and it's really an important skill to have. But another thing you need to work on is singing acapella. Now, this might not be difficult for those who, um, you know, studied singing in their, or have a really strong background in singing, but for those of you who uh, played trumpet or cello. Uh, it might be something that you want to practice because singing without accompaniment can be a little bit different at first. And the reason you need to be able to do this is that a lot of times your hands are busy. You might be holding an infant or providing tactile support for soothing purposes. Um, you might be working with your hands in other ways, playing instruments, manipulating toys, um, supporting specific movements. Skill number two is musical flexibility. Um, What I mean by this is that you should be able to take a song, a known song, and adapt it for your specific needs or your students' or patients' specific needs. This might mean playing the same song in different styles. Um, Many songs can be played in an upbeat style or more of a soothing style style. And I'll actually, I'll provide an example of this. My favorite example is probably um, Itsy Bitsy Spider because it can be played upbeat like a play song or can be played as a lullaby. So I'm going to play just a a little bit of each style just to provide an example. So this would be kind of an upbeat way. I'm just going to play the simple two chord version. The Itsy Bitsy Spider went up the water spout down came the rain and washed the spider out. Out came the sun and dried up all the rain. And the itsy bitsy spider went up the spout again. But you can also play that in more of a lullaby style. And I'm going to mess with the harmony here a little bit and just add in a few chords, okay? The itsy bitsy spider went up the water spout. Spider 
So you can use different styles of playing with the same song in order to influence the arousal state of your student, your client, your patient. Skill number three, spot songwriting. Uh, Spot songwriting means you're basically writing a song on the spot. Now, I have two major points here. One is um, it's just the fact that kids are super creative, and they'll come up with ideas on the spot, and you want to be able to capitalize on that by taking their ideas and running with them to create something musical and exciting. This is important in many settings, but it makes me think especially of medical settings. Um, Young children often have trouble verbalizing and expressing their feelings, so you can validate them and help them uh, process those feelings through spot songwriting. And the beautiful thing is that because it's still musical and often playful, uh, it helps them process those emotions in a very positive way. And then the second major point is that you can use spot songwriting to support and prompt desired behaviors, such as reaching out and touching the drum, um, maybe taking an oral medication, maybe eating or drinking or following some sort of routine, uh, ambulating, all kinds of different things. Um, If you want an easy piggyback for a song to give directions, um, try If You're Happy and You Know It. You can get kids to do all sorts of things with that song. Skill number four. Uh, repertoire. Have a decent repertoire of children's songs. Um, One way you can work on learning these is you might categorize them uh, into um, important categories. And remember that even if a song is in one category, you can still repurpose it and change the style to meet a different need. Uh, Here are some major categories. Play songs. So Itsy Bitsy Spider is typically considered a play song. Mr. Golden Sun, um, many Raffy songs like Baby Beluka, um, Apples and Bananas, If You're Happy and You Know It. Um, the list goes on and on, and I'm sure you know plenty. Um, lullabies. You want to be able to help soothe uh, infants and young children too, so you might learn Hush Little Baby, Twinkle Twinkle. Um, that can also be played as a play song. All Through the Night, You Are My Sunshine, Brahms Lullaby, All the Pretty Little Horses. Those are a few lullabies. And then also um, academic songs, or songs that teach academic and pre-academic skills, like This Old Man, it counts up to ten, right? Um, Any of the five little songs, so Five Little Ducks, Five Little Pumpkins, uh, Five Little Monkeys, Five Green and Speckled Frogs. Uh, I'm sure there are more. Um, Any songs that teach colors... Uh, the ABCs, of course, so songs of that nature. And then also, um, you want to know some songs that are important to your population. So if you work in uh, an area with a large Hispanic population, you may benefit from knowing quite a few children's songs in Spanish. Now let's talk about some of the clinical skills that you will want to have Um, under your belt. And I'm going to try to get through these quickly, so um, I might be talking kind of fast. The first is uh, documentation and communication. Know the language of whatever population you're planning to work with. In medical settings, this might mean having a decent knowledge of diagnoses, terms that describe symptoms or limitations, common goals within the specific teams. For example, uh, a pediatric rehab team would have different goals uh, than an intensive care unit in the 
medical setting. If you're in a school setting, know the language regarding important legislation and services that relate to special education. Um, you'll want to know what IDEA is. You want to know uh, about IEPs and related services, and also about potential funding sources for your services um, within your county and state. Uh, and in our communications and documentation in all of our settings, um, we're mostly communicating with non-music therapists. Thus, it's important to present information in a way that's descriptive, yet meaningful to the other professionals. Um, so instead of saying, the student played the drum and had fun, you might write, student maintained a one-handed grasp on a mallet for two minutes and purposefully manipulated it to produce a sound on a drum presented uh, across midline, or something like that. Uh, clinical skill number two, counseling. Not necessarily counseling with your uh, students or patients, but uh, especially with parents. Um, having a basic set of listening skills and being empathic is it's really important. The hospital isn't really a normal place for parents to be, just as it isn't a normal p place for their kids to be. So um, just know that it can be very disruptive for an entire family to have a child in the hospital. And sometimes you uh, your role is to be a good listener. The third clinical skill could be considered a musical skill too, I suppose, but it's having a handle on technology and being able to use technology in ways that support your therapeutic work. And this could manifest in a number of different ways. It might be using iPads to address certain concepts or to engage with uh, your students in special education or in a medical setting or, or really in any type of setting. And it might mean making recordings for any number of different purposes. You might be making recordings for you know, documentation to share with other professionals what a student is able to do. You might be making recordings to preserve a child's legacy, especially in a, a hospital setting. You know, sometimes it's unfortunate, but sometimes uh, not much can be done or nothing more can be done. And so your role might be to help preserve the memories of a child so that the parents and the family can use that as a bereavement tool and as, um, you know, it's something that they can have in the future, uh, a memory of their child. The fourth clinical skill is one that spans the breadth of all of the different populations you might work with, but it is especially true for working with kids, and that is clinical flexibility and just understanding that things don't ever go as planned. And that's okay, especially with kids. One of the best parts of working with kids is their creativity and their energy and the spontaneity of working with, with young children. But it helps to have a, a bag of tricks, so to speak. And that bag of tricks is something that develops with experience. And the more you work with kids, the more you see what works and in what situations those tricks, and by tricks I'm, I mean music therapy interventions, the more flexible you're able to be because you get a better idea of what your clients need and you have more tools at your disposal to meet those needs. Clinical skill number five is having a strong foundation in child development and knowing what's typical and what atypical development is, as well as uh, having a handle on the learning disabilities and delays and other types of atypical development that 
you might see with whatever population uh, you're working with. Skill six is attitude. This is the last one. Attitude. Kids are playful. Kids are creative. So you must be playful. You must be creative. Yes, we're there to do work, but we're working with kids. And how do kids work? They work through play. How do they learn? They learn through play. So in closing, let me acknowledge that there are obviously many, many more skills that you will want to have um, before you jump into working with this population. But a lot of them also are skills that you develop along the way and that you learn as you work more and more with infants and young children. If I could make one major recommendation, it would be to keep improving yourself musically. This population is uninhibited and very musical, and it's been my experience that they really thrive on high-quality musical interactions. And, uh, and moreover, this will help set them up for continued musical development in later childhood, uh, and adolescence, and, and adulthood. So, thank you very much for listening. I hope something here was valuable for you. And uh, again, like I said, there are many other things to consider, and I'm sure you could think up a list of 20 or 30 of them. But uh, that's, this is my top 10 list, and thanks for listening. Take care.